Good morning, good evening, wherever you are across the world and the universe. Welcome to my Quantum Living podcast at the intersection of science and spirituality. I'm your host, Anna Anderson, quantum teacher, intuitive guide, and above all, an inquisitive soul. This podcast is about how we can bring the various spiritual, metaphysical, and esoteric concepts and ideas validated by quantum physics and modern cosmology to the very practical level to improve and enrich our life experience as individuals, communities, and the humankind. Whether you are listening to this show while driving or commuting, doing chores around the house, relaxing on a couch, or flying in a spaceship across the galaxy, I hope you'll enjoy today's episode. Okay, let's begin. Hello and welcome back to Quantum Living and to my new mini-series, Quantum Chat, microdosing spiritual insights in a food-for-thought style, where in each episode, together with my special and returning guest, Marin Mute, we focus on just one topic, one burning question, one quantum mystery that probably everyone has a view on, but no real answer to, as we can only speculate and guess, which is fun. Hi, Maren. Thanks for joining me yet again for another exciting quantum chat. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing what our next question is. Well, today's question is, is love the flip side of fear? This is perhaps a less common question and yet so important to ask and answer, of course. (laughs) I thought about it recently during my sessions with clients when we talked about fear. Energetically speaking, love and fear are on the opposite sides of the emotional spectrum. Now, one might say that hatred, for example, is opposite to love, and that's true. However, in my view, fear is the principal emotion underlying all negative emotional states of anger, hatred, rage jealousy, depression, sadness, just like love is the key principal emotion underlying all positive emotional states of joy, compassion, happiness, and the like. So effectively, in my mind, one is the flip side of the other. And here is the evidence. You can't feel love and fear at the same time, just like you can't feel love and anger at the same time or laugh with joy and be depressed at the same time. Even when you try to say, I love you and frown, or say, I hate you and smile, because these are conflicting messages for our brain. So that's nearly impossible to do. Laughter, which is an expression of joy, is often used very successfully, by the way, to treat depression and anxiety. There is a spiritual concept of love being the primary energy of all that is, of all the creation, which includes what we call negative emotions, and yes, including fear. So from this point of view, it is literally a matter of perspective. If we can embrace with love what we fear or hate, in recognition of the beauty of and respect for life in all its forms, we become what we call an enlightened being, and many spiritual teachings talk about it. 
Is it easy to replace fear with love? I believe it is as easy as to flip a coin. We just need to be prepared and want to do this. What do you think? So when it comes to fear versus love and having fear on the opposite spectrum of love, I don't see fear, hate, anger, and sadness in the same realm as love. When we look at fear, when we look at anger and sadness and even depression, it's a defense mechanism that our body has. It, it's set up to protect the body. So if we are mad at someone, what is that doing? It's pushing them away. If we are mad at a situation, it's pushing them away. If we're fearful from a situation or fearful of an experience, what's that doing? It's pushing us away. So it really doesn't have anything to do with love at all. And neither does depression. So you can still have joy with depression. You can still feel joy even within depression. It's muted because we have the cloud of depression over us. But love is something, compassion is something, um, empathy is something that is unique unto their own. And so if we look at fear and anger and all these other things, I want you to think you're a knight in shining armor and you have this big shield and you're just going to put up that shield right in front of you. It looks like a big silver disc. And that's what, exactly what those specific emotions are doing. And they are protective mechanisms within this body. That's why we can still laugh. We can laugh at really odd, strange times, you know, because we're trying to figure out how to handle situations. Sometimes you hear of people laughing when something bad happens, when they're scared, when they don't know what to do. And so their body will just laugh because the laughter, what it's trying to do, it's not trying to make it funny, but it's trying to calm those other feelings, those saying, put your, put your shield down. It's going to be okay. And that's what the laughter is doing. It's saying, look at, we're still okay. We're still safe. Things are going to be okay. Even in tragedy. So that's, that's where um, I, I look at love as something completely different than fear. Okay. So you don't subscribe to the theory or proposition that love is the key underlying emotion in terms of its frequency in the creation, which then gives rise to all other emotions on the spectrum. No, I don't. I don't think that. Okay. I would say that the primary emotion that we have that would give rise to everything is empathy. And the reason why I'm going to use empathy is because a lot of people have a question about empathy. Sometimes I have people tell me I'm an extraordinarily empathetic person, and this is why I'm feeling these other emotions. Empathy is the first emotion or the first thing that we develop once we leave our uterine protection. So this is allows us to cry and it allows us to learn how to communicate with other people. So this is why empathy is so important. Every single person on the face of the planet is empathetic. Now, some people think that they're more empathetic than others, but that we can have another discussion on why that is the case. But that that would be the primary emotion that we're looking at that is going to be the formation or the basis of anything else that we go on, because that's how we communicate. That's how we communicate with our environment. 
We communicate through empathy with animals. We communicate through empathy with people and that we read faces. So as we are infants, one of the first things that we get to see is the face of our caregiver. And that face and the look and expressions on those face, we begin mimicking. So we learn how to smile and we learn how to, you know, crinkle our nose because we're mimicking our caregiver. And that is empathy. So there we go with love being the basis. It's actually empathy that is the basis and love will bloom from that empathy. Okay. So coming back to our question, you don't believe that love is the flip side of fear or and vice versa. So to take this one step further, what emotion would you use to replace fear? So our emotions suit our body in different ways. So they're each important. They each have a role to play in this life. Fear is designed to keep us safe. Like I was saying before, it's a defense emotion. So it really doesn't have anything to do with love. Love is its own thing. You can still be, you can be fearful and still love something. You can be fearful and still be in love with someone. So that doesn't negate your ability to love. And it's not muting love. Love is a very powerful thing. And fear can be a very powerful thing. Maybe you're afraid of dogs. Maybe you're afraid of dog fights, the sound of dog fights. And your person you're in love with or whatever takes you to a dog park and you don't want to go in there. So they go in and you stay on the outside because you are fearful. Does that stop you from loving that person because they went in there without you? No, not at all. So we just need to look at what is causing the fear. You know, are we talking anxiety? Are we talking people that have paralyzing anxiety? Well, if you have paralyzing anxiety, that isn't preventing you from having love. It's not preventing you from receiving love and it's not preventing you from sharing love. You can still have all of that. Fear is a beast unto its own. And we can look at the different ways that fear is presenting itself and kind of figure out what is there a real fear there? Like, is there real danger or is this anxiety? And how do we work on reducing that anxiety? So that's kind of what I think. They're not the, they're not on the same coin. They're not, you know, your fear and love and love and fear and one or the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yes, yeah, so I was thinking about a, an irrational fear because obviously fear as such has its place. As you said, it's designed to protect us. But when it becomes irrational based on a past experience, which we then project into the future as a future scenario, it often holds us back, blocks us from engaging with life, etc. So that irrational fear, which yes, it is linked with anxiety and worry, is not something desirable. And we would, I guess, want to remove it to get rid of it and, and ideally replace it with another emotion. And by the way, I should have been a bit more specific when I said that you can't feel fear and laugh at the same time or, or uh, love and anger. I meant 
not generally speaking, but towards the same issue or object in that moment. So I'm not talking, I'm not generalizing, but in that moment, because these two emotions create very different brain chemistry. So it is even difficult for us to frown and say, I love you, because it sends conflicting messages to our brain, or smile very warmly and say, I hate you to the same object or recipient, I should say, of our emotion, our emotional state. I know it is hard to frown and say, I love you, but it is 100% possible. Okay. And imagine (laughs) if you loved somebody who passed away and you are in the depths of sadness and you are crying and you are frowning, can you still have love? Yeah. And can you say, I love you and I miss you and with tears and everything? Absolutely. So I think that when we're looking at fear and we're when we're looking at each emotion, we need to realize each emotion is its own thing and suits its own purpose within this life experience that we have. So we don't need to replace anything. So if we have fear, we don't need to look at replacing the fear. We need to just address the fear. That's it. And when we address the fear, we can loosen the anxiety or we can say, you know what, that I would totally be fearful of that snake as well. You know, I wouldn't want to wake up with a snake in my bed. I'd be terrified and jump out. Um, so I think that many times we have this idea that we are supposed to be going towards something. So if you have an arrow and you're going to aim that arrow towards something, that's the trajectory you want to go. I want to be more like this. And I want to be less like this. So you have the back of your arrow pointing at where you want to be less than, and you have the front of your arrow aiming to where you want to go. But what that's doing is it's actually doing a huge disservice to yourself. Where should that arrow be pointing? That arrow should be pointing at the ground and at your feet, not on your feet, but let's say between your feet, because you are already enough just as you are. And when we recognize these emotions as they come through, We don't need to change who we are. We just need to address the emotion, what is causing this, because our body in some way, shape, or form feels uh, threatened in some way. And once we can address that, then those protective, it's like putting our shield down and allowing the other emotions just to come up and take a breath of fresh air. But they're not gone. The other emotions are not gone. But when that shield is up, it's just protecting us. It's protecting the vulnerability and the innocence that comes with love because love is a very vulnerable and innocent emotion to have along with empathy and along with um, compassion and, and everything else like that. So those are protected emotions and they're protected by the fears and sadness and anxieties because we don't want them injured. <laughs> mm, okay, beautiful. So there you go. A brief answer to the question whether love is the flip side of fear or at least some food for thought. Thank you, Maren. We'll speak again in the next edition of Quantum Chat. Thank you, Anna. I really enjoyed that question and I loved hearing your perspective as well. If you guys liked this session, 
And you like this show, please give us your feedback and let us know what you're thinking. You can do that by going to Anna's website. The link is below and that will give you her email address. You are welcome to email her or you can leave a review right on that page. And we look forward to talking to you again. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's all for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you really loved it, Please post a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to encourage others to listen to it. For the show notes, guest and podcast info, reviews, comments, and much more, please visit quantumlivingpodcast.com. And if you'd like to dive deeper into quantum living and explore how you could work with me, please contact me, and I'd be delighted to help and support you on your quantum journey. I am your host, Anna Anderson. I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode of Quantum Living. Until then, keep your vibrations high and be well.